Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. How are you? Oh, man, we've been traveling, boot scooting, boogieing our way across America this past year. And it feels so incredibly amazing to be wrapping up these shows. And I mean, we just got to go through it. We got to go through what's happened in each city. We got to talk about a year in review, kind of set our intention for the next year. There's so much to giggle about. Can't wait to get to the absolutely not line here in just a hot second. But just wanted to say an overall sense of just sheer unbridled, I I don't even know how to use the words, but I'm just so full of gratitude for every single person who came out to a show this year, who's coming out to a show in the new year. You guys have spent time and money and it's just so overwhelming to me that you come out and support and that you enjoy the show. You know, the feedback has always been like, I had the best fucking night. I met new people. I giggled with my girls. I brought my husband. The boys came. We had a laugh. Like that's all that matters to me is, oh God, this is going to sound very cheesy. I immediately apologize. But you know what? I haven't really discussed this. We've been in a lot of giggle giggles, a little anger, a little this is what's going on. But something I'm, I didn't even mean to start off the podcast this way. I didn't even say like fucking hi, hello, how are you? It's immediately going into emo. But you know, with all this touring and with all these other scripts and stuff that I have going on and, and living in your purpose, right? Which is what you know, the Lord tells you to do comes also an immense amount of pressure because I always want to do a great job. I'm a perfectionist only in one area of my life and that's my work and my performing. That is my, that is what keeps me up at night. That is the love of my life, obviously, is my family and my son, Rigatoni and my husband. But the love of my life is giggling in front of y'all. That is truly what brings me a sense of fulfillment that I can never even describe. And this is going to sound so fucking cheesy, what I'm about to say. You know, I always talk about staying in your lane. I get asked at these meet and greets sometimes, Heather, how'd you know you want to do comedy? Or how did you stick with it? 
simply because I knew what I was good at. I just stayed in my lane. Okay. I'm not an accountant. I'm terrible at math. I actually am dyslexic with numbers. My husband thought I was fucking making it up until one day we were trying to fill out my social security number. It was like two weeks ago. And he was like, you have no idea what it is. And everyone knows their social security number. At least at some point in your life, like right when you're applying to college, you know your social. I know my social, but if I don't write it down and then like flip it upside down, I don't know the number. Do you know what I'm saying? He thought I was a liar. He said, I actually thought you were just being dramatic. You do flip numbers around. And that is what I do. So what I'm saying is I knew early on that I was not going to, je ne sais quoi, do financials. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not the one filling out your tax return. It's not for me. But I do greatly believe in finding out what brings you joy, what you're good at, and, and then staying in your lane and going 180 fucking miles down the Autobahn. You know what I mean? You're strapped into a Ferrari. This is Formula One, baby. You're racing against the Red Bull team. Like, you are just go down that road. And that's kind of what I, I mean, not kind of, it is what I've done with comedy and, and entertainment. And I always knew from a young age that this is what I wanted to do. Always knew. Always. And I've been doing this a long time and for it to pay off in such a way where I'm seeing you guys come out to these sold out shows and you're there and you're engaged and you get it and, and you're supporting me. I want you to know you have no idea how grateful I am for that. But also on the flip side of it, like deeply personally, something that I was kind of dealing with this year that I held very close to the chest is just the pressure and the anxiety of always performing to a certain level and always keeping the ball rolling, right? And as an artist, you have 55 different irons in the fire. And, you know, you got scripture waiting to get picked up. You got this going on. You got this. There's just so many fucking balls in the air. And not the good balls. Not a beach ball. You know, I'm not in Hawaii hitting a beach ball, doing a little volley lob across a net in Waikiki. It's a lot of just frantic go, on the run, let's go, next city, do it. And so I had this moment where, one, I definitely have not been taking care of myself. You know it. I talked about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I've had to take a deep, hard look in the mirror and say, we need to stop it for a second. It's like, what good am I going to be to anybody if I literally don't take 10 minutes of, for myself during the day to, I don't know, close my eyes and take a cat nap, read a scripture, marinate on it. But what I'm realizing with all of this you know, with the, the amazing opportunities, I have put such a unbelievable, really insane amount of pressure on myself. It's no one else putting the pressure. It's me on myself because in this business, you feel like, all right, I've got a window. This is my window right now to strike while the iron's hot and make all these things happen. And you have to remember in careers, they're a marathon, not a sprint. But the funny thing is, People don't see the marathon that you've already been running for 10 years. They now just see, okay, things, you're doing these shows and you're selling these scripts, da, 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 but they don't understand that you have to keep running that marathon while also simultaneously fucking sprinting in a pair of rollerblades. That's 99% of what it is. I am in rollerblades on a, I'm on a, an escalator, you know, at the Sherman Oaks Mall. I'm on an escalator and I got on with rollerblades and everybody on the escalator goes, that was a bad decision. Why do you have rollerblades on? Because when those stairs start to flatten out, you know what I mean? When you're getting off an escalator and those stairs start to flatten out, you know, you're not, you don't know how to navigate that jump off. You don't know how to gracefully glide into the next thing. 
I'm trying to give you all the most physical description of how I am internally about jumping from job to job and doing the best job that I can. I have constantly, for the last, I'd say, nine months, been on an escalator wearing rollerblades, and I don't know how to gracefully just glide off into the next thing. And it's gliding off into downtime. It's gliding off into holiday time, spending time with your family. It's just all of that. It's There's so much pressure. It's like, I'm on this fucking escalator. Let's go. We're almost to the top. And we're not. We have so far to go. But if you feel this way at all in any aspect of your life, in your career, I know so many people post-pandemic did career changes, which led to a cool opportunity or possibly a scary opportunity. But wherever you are, if you're feeling like me and you feel like you're on an escalator on rollerblades, you don't know how to gracefully, you know, ease off onto the next floor to see the next opportunity, just know it's okay. Have the honest conversation with yourself and ease into next year. You know, I've got to figure out a balance. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why right now. Right fucking now. My ass, I'm currently sitting on a couch in a hotel room in New York City. My ass is starting to concave. I have always had a juicy fucking booty. Okay, no BBLs here. I've always had a nice bubble butt and I have had no cellulite on my butt or the back of my legs. I've never had that. That is not a, that is not a brag. That is not a humble brag. That is just how God created me. Okay, I have bumps and, 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 and bruises on the front side of my body. God, what if your vagina could get cellulite? Anyways, maybe it can. I don't know. You know what I love? I love a Rothy's. What's a Rothy's, Heather? It's the latest and greatest in durability, washability, sustainability when it comes to shoes. Listen, Rothy's won the first ever People Magazine Style Awards for, hey, the best damn flat. They have a shoe called The Point, and it's the best flat. And did you know that not only do they make great flats, but they also make insanely comfortable sneakers, and they have loafers, ankle boots, Mary Janes, and more. The best part, everything Rothy's makes is better for the planet. They've repurposed millions of water bottles into their signature thread that goes into every single one of their products. The comfortableness, oh my God. Okay, it's like walking on freaking clouds. Also, washability. How shoes come out looking brand new. You just throw them in the wash, you're good to go. And durability. Have you had your shoes for a while? Yeah, yeah, because they're great. I've had my Rothy's for two damn years now and I'm freaking loving them. I literally throw them in the wash when I need to just get them squeaky clean and they come out great and they last great and I can throw them in my travel bag. I love throwing on my Rothy's when I'm running through the airport. Listen, this holiday season, take the guesswork out of gifting, okay? Rothy's is something for everyone. Treat yourself or find the perfect gift for a loved one with their ultra comfortable washable shoes, bags, and accessories. Durable, classic, and sustainably crafted, give a gift they'll love year round and for years to come. Win the gift game this season with Rothy's Shoes and Accessories. Get $20 off your first purchase at Rothy's. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash absolutely with extended returns and exchanges through the holidays. Again, that's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash absolutely. You're welcome. Anyways, the only reason I say this is now I, I had this epiphany the other day. I'm like, I'm so tired. I need to figure out a really good way to get off this escalator on my rollerblades and ease into the next thing. But then I was sitting on this plane today and I was like, I actually am starting to feel the bone on my butt. It's not because I'm thin, okay? I've said this before in the podcast. I'm spread thick. I'm not spread thin. But I have realized that the muscular structure of my behind has become so worn down from sitting on airplanes, in rental cars, in seats. And 
if you come to a show, you see that I'm running around stage for two fucking hours. I'm getting in my steps, but I haven't done a fucking squat. I haven't gotten down on all fours, downward dog, and done a fucking leg lift in 12 months. Who am I? I've become soft. I always had a strong quad, a nice calf. I can't gain weight on my calves. I always have thin ankles. You know this. But I was like, I'm getting mushy. I'm getting soft. My butt is hurts on this seat. You know, as a flattest ass in America, my mother, Robin McMahon, and I've always taken after her, Kyle McMahon Heine. But I've had a real epiphany while I was sitting here doing a self-care meditation 10 minutes ago. I said, I can feel my asshole seeping onto this couch because I don't know where my ass went. You know, I encouraged everybody during the pandemic to have a fat ass fall. I haven't done a fat ass fall. It is a flat ass February we're going into. But I'm going to start a challenge. I know I say this all the time and then I stop. Also because again, I spread myself thick. But I'm going to do something. My goal, I was on the TikToks. I am watching ass workouts. I want this thing so fucking perky, hard, juicy, without doing surgery, that when I roll into my wedding come June, I'm doing something. I'm literally, I've got to. Between the fucking thick neck that's now running into my tits and my ass, which I don't know where the muscle went. I don't know where it went, but it is soft and I am losing that shelf. And the next thing you know, I'm going to be 57 years old and I will have no ass and a colostomy bag and that can't happen. So one of the parts of my Christmas is going to be, or New Year's is, Squat City. I am embarrassed for Satan, and I'm embarrassed for the fact that my ass has gotten this flat. I need a walking desk, a treadmill desk. I'm going to have a script shit do. I, I, I got to get a treadmill desk. I got to do something. I got to walk around with those, you know, the, those ankle weights. I need to be doing leg lifts as if I am a prima fucking ballerina at the Met. Not the Met. What is the ballet called? You know. And. The ballet, Alan Ivy, Alan Avey. I can't even remember the fucking famous ballet company here. Alan Ivy. That's not it. That is not it. Great, great. Yeah, my ass is flat and I was not taking care of myself. And if you, I don't know if you can hear this. I'm in New York right now and it is every fucking siren going off up and down Broadway. On the Broadway. Sirens are letting you know, get the fuck out of the way. Santa's coming. Santa's on his way. You know what I did today before I got on a flight to New York? I literally, I'm not even shitting you. I was looking up the seven trumpets for the signs of the revelation. <laughs> the apocalypse. Listen, I'm an old school church camp gal, all right? I've read Revelation. The fact that some of y'all have never done a Bible study is absolutely freaking beyond me. My husband's Catholic. I asked him, I said, do you know any of the books? Have you ever read Enoch? And he goes, who's that? I said, come on. And this is not me shitting on Catholics. Live, laugh, love. We're all saved in the blood of Christ. But, you know, I grew up in one of those situations, not even at home, but my school, we did a little Bible study. So I don't know why. I don't know why I was spiraling in like the pressure of being like, okay, we got a couple more shows to end out the year. Like you got this. And then the next thing you know, I'm sitting on this flight, feeling my bony ass on the seat. And then the next thing you know, I'm looking up the seven signs of the revelation. And I'm texting him to Chris. I'm like, oh God, this is what the seven trumpets mean. We got a plague coming, the locusts. 
And then I'm, I'm in a deep dive on TikTok about people think that some of the seals, there's seven seals and seven trumpets. People think that some of the seals have been broken, which was going to release like, I don't know, the rapture upon us. Anyways, I want you to know, <laughs> I say all of this with positivity and love in my heart. If you're finding yourself in the same situation that I found myself, you know, it starts to spiral. You get off stage, you're tired. You're like, okay, great. That was an amazing show. All right, but now I got to focus to the next show. I can't even enjoy what just happened because now I'm worried about the next step. And then you sit down on a bench. Why is my butthole now sore? Because my ass is gone. I don't know where it went. Who took it? Somebody ran off with the shit. And then you start reading about the end of times. That is the exact... That is the exact, what am I trying to say? The chain of events. And this is why I definitely need a light vacation at the top of next year. I don't even want to go with anybody. I kind of want to just turn my phone off, go to an island, you know, pop down to the Turks. I can't even go to the Turks because then it's, you know, we're going to be bebopping around and people are going to want to drink rosé with me. And I say they want to drink rosé with me. I will end up drinking rosé with them because I get lonely and I'm very codependent. So that's where I'm at. I want to drink rosé with people. And then the next thing you know, I didn't relax. I'm an entertainer. It's in my blood. If you come up to me while I'm having lunch and you say, hey, I listen to the podcast. I'm going to talk to you for at least six and a half hours and then we're going to end up on a boat together. Come on, Michelle. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at emotionally, physically. But I think going into the new year, we, we really need to get excited about setting our intention going for it. We've got this. And just giving yourself some more grace because I don't do that enough. I don't take the time to go, I need to turn it off for 40 minutes because we're all doing a lot. And I know we feel an added pressure since essentially we were tied up in our homes for a year. So now it feels like a lot of us are making up for lost time. But we got to find a balance and we got to work on that fat ass for February. Okay. So I'm starting. Hear ye, hear ye. We are going to do a January challenge, all right? I don't care if you're in it, if you want to. I don't care if you've never exercised a day in your life. This is not a New Year's resolution. This is simply we are only going to focus on one thing, which is our ass, okay? Because once you work on the lower body, you end up basically working on everything. I used to be at the toit ass, okay? I don't know who this is. Jeff still slaps it. But even he, I said, babe, what does it feel like? He goes, oh, no, something's happening there. <laughs> I said, I know. I've always had the juiciest booty. And now it's pencil thin. You know what my ass looks like? You know when you go to a, like, a, like a cheap hotel and they have those little doily covers, the doilies that hang out over a water glass? That's how flat it is. My ass is not even cardstock. It's, man, it's not even a manila envelope. It is a white regular printer paper thin. And it's not like I lost weight. It's not like she lost weight all over. So therefore the ass went down. No, 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 no. It's from sitting, typing, stressing, traveling. It is not from exercising, changing my life. So we're going to do some sort of fat ass for February. Listen, if we do a hundred squats a day, by the time Valentine's day comes around, you're going to be bouncing fucking Hershey's kisses off that taint. You know what I mean? little steps. I hate when people send me like self-help books because I'm honestly not a great self-help person because I'm, I'm very in tune with what I am. You know what I mean? 
But if you send me some book like The Seven Habits for Highly Effective People, I'm going to go, yeah, you want to know what? The, the first thing out of all these, it says they get up at 5 a.m. I'm not fucking doing it. I'll get up at a, ten, a cool 1030, do my 600 squats and start my day. I'm getting in my steps. Don't act like I'm not getting in my steps. I'm getting in my steps every fucking day. But if you think that I'm going to do this at 5 a.m., you're out of your fucking mind. So I don't want to hear that. Anyways, I'm going to figure out how we're going to start this challenge. But I think it's fat ass for February. Fat, juicy. I want Cupid to show up on February 14th and just brat, brat, smack that ass, bounce a little Hershey's kiss off the tanked. You know what I mean? I want to, I want to put on a thong come February and that thing snap. My ass is so big. It just eats it. It already eats it, but now it's because it's flat. And it doesn't know where to go, but I want that thong to brat. You pop it and it snaps because it's too juicy. Juicy booty. That's what we're doing. All right. I'm going to take some voicemails real quick. I'm so sorry. I confess to y'all just now that I was like, emotionally really trying to center myself and take some time for myself. And I I was encouraging you to do that too. And then it immediately went to, I hope I have an ass that's fat enough on February 14th that my panties rip. Someone, a medical professional who deals with psychosis, please show up at my house and let me know what the fuck is wrong with me. She's dyslexic with numbers, but her ass is so fat and ate her thong. Stay in your lane, bitches. We got this. We're almost there. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get into the voicemails. You know, one of my New Year's resolutions is to always keep those nails nice, fresh, chip-free. And how do I do it? With the Olive and June Manny system. It is the answer to the Salon Perfect Nails at home. Listen, that Olive and June polish lasts seven plus days and does not chip. And with the Manny system, each at-home Manny comes out to just $2. The reason I love this, and I think it's also a great gift, get it as a stocking stuffer, get it as a a white elephant gift. This is going to be the gift that people keep wanting to get back. Okay, because it's great. Their products are so amazing. I think they have really high, high quality nail polish. Their files are great. Their cuticle oil. I love everything in the Manny system. Here's the thing. You can't possibly do your nails yourself, or at least you thought you couldn't until you got the Olive and June Manny system at home. This is such a great gift, especially if you do a lot of traveling. You can throw it in your bag and keep those nails looking fresh. Everyone always asks, hey, what salon do you go to? I don't even go to a salon. I get that Olive and June Manny system right at my own home, which is incredible. The polish is amazing. My friend, sister, mother, and brother all ask me, if it was gel, but no, baby, it's just so shiny because it's Olive and June. Here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Get 20% off your first Manny system when you use promo code absolutely at oliveandjune.com. We're done with expensive bad Mannies. This is the new us now, okay? Get oliveandjune.com and use promo code absolutely to get 20% off your first Manny system. Everybody will thank me later. You're welcome. God bless. Hey, Heather. This is Michaela from Tennessee. I was at your Montgomery, Alabama show. I just want to say absolutely yes to the poultry farmer and the poultry veterinarian that were at the show. I mean, how Alabama is that? Like, you can't get more Alabama than the husband being a poultry farmer and the wife being a poultry veterinarian. Shout out to all the farmers in the South. Your show is amazing. Thank you so much for bringing a smile to everybody. But love you, girl. Bye. 
Michaela from Tennessee, thanks for calling in. Listen, Montgomery, what an amazing, fun show. I had the fucking time of my life. Now, a little update. I got the booster shot on Thursday. The show was on a Friday. I'm thinking I'm fine, right? Because I had, I had COVID. I was super sick. And then I got the second vaccine and was super sick again as if I had COVID. So I'm 12, I'm like 10 hours into the booster shot. And I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm not going to get, I'm, I'm, I'm Gucci. I'm feeling fine. And then I woke up the morning of the Montgomery show, 102 fever, shakes, chills, diarrhea, just hot fucking mess. Pounding Tylenol. I was on so much Tylenol rolling into that theater. I thought this is it. This is when the liver quits. You know what I mean? Again, my analogy that I used earlier, imagine being on rollerblades trying to get off an escalator. That's how I was rolling into Montgomery. And adrenaline took over. And I was starting to feel a little bit better around like yeah, 9 p.m. Again, I'm making this about me. It has nothing to do about the poultry for- farmer, but we'll get there. And they were like, listen, the booster's been really bad for everybody. But I was rolling in and then adrenaline took over. And I was really worried about feeling super sick during the show. And adrenaline took over. And it ended up being one of the best shows I have ever had. Just everything clicked. The audience was amazing. They were so so fantastic. But it was wild because I was kind of high, like a little bit of that like feverish body high during the show. Now, again, I had a booster shot. Don't worry. I didn't show up to a show ill. The doctor was like, no, it's just your body's going, you know, doing the damn thing. So I was high as a fucking kite for 90% of that show on adrenaline, on my own immunity, on zinc, vitamin C, and a swift kick in the ass. Again, flat ass. So it really took the wind out of me. But when I went out as, you know, I opened the show and I go out and I like to chit chat with the audience a little bit. And I talked to this amazing couple and I'm telling you, nothing makes me happier. When I have a bunch of straight dudes on the front row, it brings me so much joy. And when they're into the show, I fucking died. This guy was fucking crushing it. He was LOLing raffle copter, which means rolling on the floor, laughing copter so hard the whole show. It brought so much joy to my heart. Like literally at one point, we were just having an intimate moment where I was delivering jokes just directly to him. I was like, he is the only person in this room I care about. Now, if you're wondering, okay, Heather, get to the poultry farmer-esque of it. So I was asking him, you know, what do you do? Where are you from? And he's like, I'm a poultry farmer from like per diem, Georgia or Alabama. And it was just the most quintessential Alabama Southern farmer at a fucking comedy show with his wife. Then I asked his wife, I'm like, who are you here with? He says, my wife, his wife is a fucking poultry veterinarian. They are running a straight up boutique poultry farm. Now, I don't know if if chicken can be boutique, but I'd like to say I'm going to class them up a bit. Couldn't have been a lovelier couple. It was just so amazing. When I come out into the audience and I get to to do a little crowd work and chat with y'all and I get good golden, no pun intended, literal nuggets, I get so happy. And then I got to the Nashville show and one of the nights I'm like talking to, I go up to a dude and I'm like, hey dude, where are you from? You know, what do you do? And this guy's like, I'm Kevin. And I said, Kevin, what do you do? He goes, sales. I'm like, sale, what kind of sales? Technology. I'm like, oh, what kind of technology? Computers. What kind of computers? Dell. I was like, okay, fucking Dell. Not even a MacBook. What do you want me to talk to you about, Kevin? I mean, this guy couldn't have been. He was like a wet rag, but not even a one that's going to cool you down after a hot tennis match. You know what I mean? 
And listen, I'm a professional comedian and improviser. I can make try and make anything funny. And this one guy was just like, Kevin, I do sales and I have nothing to contribute. I'm like, then why the fuck are you in the third row, sir? Why? Because then in Montgomery, we have a poultry farmer. This guy's like, this is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> and he and his wife were so adorable, so badass. And I was like, this could not get more Montgomery. This could not get more Alabama. Now, listen, if you're like, hey, I'm from Alabama. Are you making fun of us? Listen, bitch, I'm next door in Georgia. Do you even want to know what I have to deal with? We're calling out facts, okay? It's a beautiful thing. Southerners are beautiful people. Then at the Montgomery show, I shit you not, this friendship, these two girls, this friendship, this friendship, what the fuck does that mean, Heather? These two friends were at the meet and greet and they say, Heather, we flew all the way from Hawaii. We couldn't get a show, a ticket to your New York show and LA was postponed or something like that. They're like, so we just went ahead when you started going back out on tour. We were like, where have we never been? And they're like, we've never been to the South. These girls flew all the way from Hawaii to Montgomery. I literally said, girls, there was a couple other places y'all could have picked to come through. And of course, <laughs> of course, all the, all the women in the meet and greet are like, honestly, they're like, you came here to Montgomery? And Montgomery is an adorable town, but it's tiny. I mean, it's a very small city. We were laughing so hard. They were like, and literally we're setting, we're, I'm walking out of the theater and next door, it's a part of like a convention center. So there's this huge Renaissance hotel, the Montgomery Performing Arts Center, and then like uh, a big... I don't like almost like a Javits Center, like a big, what am I trying to say? Convention Center. So they're taking me a back way to go up, back up to my hotel room and I have to walk through the Montgomery dead ball that they were setting up for their Christmas spectacular. They were like, oh yeah, there's going to be a dead ball in here in about 48 hours. I'm talking crystal chandeliers. It looked like Cinda fucking Rella up in this convention center. And I'm like, oh my God, if only the girls from Hawaii could stay two more days and get invited to the dead ball, they would truly see how iconic Southern women specifically can be. So they just, they, I couldn't have written it better if I tried. You have these people from Hawaii who are now sitting like third row at the show I'm having a fucking fever dream because I got boosted. And then the first thing out of this guy's mouth is, I'm like, what do you do? He goes, I'm a fucking poultry farmer. My wife's a, a chicken bed and we're here and we're fucking losing our mind. It was so iconic. And it's moments like that where I'm just like, I am so proud to be a Southerner. <laughs> just the most genuinely amazing, yummy, warm, loving people. I'm telling you what, it was just, it was such a great show. It was so much fun. I mean, all the shows have been amazing. Then we go to Nashville. The Nashville audiences are just so unbelievably warm and kind. I'm telling you, there's something about Tennessee and Alabama. Anytime I do shows in Tennessee and Alabama, and I'm not even shitting on my own state of Georgia, but every time I get to Tennessee or Alabama, I'm like, that was one of the best shows ever. Just so much fun. Such a warm um, audience. So I just want you to know if you come to shows in the new year and you're sitting up front and I want to chit-chat with you, please do not be like Kevin in Nashville. Well, tinker tinker on computers. Like, Kevin, give me something. What's your favorite color? I don't see color. I'm actually colorblind. <laughs> I was like, come on, Kevin. Give me something. And then I asked his wife, I said, what do you do? And she goes, 
like, I'm a pharmacist. I said, what's the most deadly thing? Like, what should I never take? And she couldn't, she was like, I, I don't know. And, I, and then she just said fentanyl. And I said, good answer on the nose. You know what I mean? On the fucking nose. But yeah, you know, give it up for farmers too. We don't give them enough credit for what they do. There's a lot of wonderful people who are in the agriculture business. And you know what? Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm going to add that to the list. I have a nice thorough list that I have to really get planned out for next year of people that I'd like to interview on the podcast. And I would like to interview a farmer. I don't know enough of them. I always thought that I could have a small, I don't know, herb garden in the backyard. And I even fuck that up. I would love to speak to somebody who can really teach us about what it's like to feed America. You know what I mean? Get back to our roots, our Southern roots. Do you, so I just want to throw this out there. If you maybe have a relative, you know, or anybody who does, I don't know, grows okra or tomatoes. You know, I was talking with my friend, Elizabeth, Chef Elizabeth the other day, and she's a chef and she literally said, Heather, I will drive across a fucking cornfield. I will hit seven dead bodies along the way if I see a sign for fresh tomatoes. If somebody is, has, a, has a roadside stand for a fresh fucking tomato and a watermelon, she said, forget it. That's a chef's wet dream. And she said, the key is you got to tap on the watermelon. And if it's, if it sounds hollow, no good. You want to make sure it's got, you know, thick chunks in it. I'm letting you know, we got to, we are going to be doing so much extensive, intense research next year so that we can literally better ourselves. You have no idea. Buckle the fuck up. Montgomery, you're amazing. Nashville, you're amazing. And we, we're going to end, you know, the year hard. We're going to end it. We're wrapping it up. We're doing the fucking most. And I love each and every one of you. You're going to be obsessed with this next sponsor. Why? Because Italic isn't an everything store, but they're your everything store. Their marketplace connects you with the manufacturers behind the world's biggest brands and most in-demand products and delivers straight to your door for up to 63% less. Yes, you heard it here first. I've gotten amazing candles. I've gotten amazing sheets from them. I'm obsessed with all of their their home products. And here's the thing. They're a team of in-house product expert vets. Every product, wearing it, sleeping on it, carrying it, working out in it to ensure the highest possible quality. They also extensively vet their manufacturers on the ground, visiting factories and inspecting materials. They have access to their curated selection of over 500 products, including everything from diamond jewelry to cashmere sweaters to world-class linen sheets. I get all my sheets from them. I really love them. All from the best manufacturers in the world. And I love their candles. They're so amazing. They cost almost less than half of what a would normally spend on purchasing it from a regular brand. By taking the brand and retail markups completely out of the equation, they're able to deliver the lowest prices possible. I'm telling you, get their candles. They are modern, sleek, chic. They'll change your life. Here's the deal. Italic may not be an everything store, but they're your everything store. And their marketplace connects you with manufacturers behind the world's biggest brands at, like I said, up to 63% less. Get $10 off your first product order of $50 or more on Italic. That's I-T-A-L-I-C.com. Use code absolutely not. Again, that's code absolutely not for $10 off your first product order on Italic.com. Hey, Heather. It's your girl, Kendall from Kansas. Um, Also a DG. What up, girl? Anyway, my, I don't know if this is, I think this is absolutely not. So my mom's coworker, so the coworker's mother-in-law died. 
And I guess her dying wish was to um, to be buried in Montana. And so my mom, my parents live in Arizona. So this coworker and her husband take this dead body, rent a U-Haul, put the dead body, put the mother-in-law in the U-Haul, and start out on their road trip to Montana. You know, it's it's a long drive from Arizona to Montana, and so they stop at a motel on the way, which, yes, motel, not a hotel, obviously. And overnight, someone steals the U-Haul. What? Like, can you imagine you're you're jacking this U-Haul thinking, you are like, someone's moving across country. I'm going to get some good shit. And you open the back up and there's a dead body. Like, you can't. What? You can't report it to the police because you just stole a U-Haul. And if you're my mom's coworker and the husband, you can't report that the dead body is missing because I'm pretty sure you can't transfer dead bodies across state lines. I, I don't know. Anyway, absolutely not to weirdos transporting bodies in, in a U-Haul. I don't know. Love and light. Hey, sister friend, thanks so much for calling in to the absolutely not line. Now, here's the deal. Um, absolutely not to the fact that for sure, 100%, I am like, yes, no, 200% sure that that it was illegal for your friends, uh, your family, friends, coworkers, whomever to put grandma on the back of a U-Haul and drive her across state lines. Now, my dad died, especially around Christmas. Thank you also for reminding me about that. Um, died on the 23rd of December. So it's, as soon as you hear this, you'll go, oh, okay, yep, yep, that's tomorrow. What am I trying to say? Oh, yeah. So he died in Texas and we had to fly his ass back to Atlanta. And I'll tell you what the paperwork I had to fill out to get his ass in a cargo container on a Delta flight. And I'm Delta loyal. They always have my back. Keep climbing with Delta. But I'll tell you what, we had to go through some legal hoops. Thank God my sister knows how to read, period. You know what I mean? She's an attorney, but also great, very strong reader and was able to make sure that dad got on the plane so he'd be home in time for Christmas. Oh my God, it's so dark. It's so dark. It's so dark, but it's true. This is literally what happened to me. So I remember, this is also probably why I've been so salty around this time of year. I forget, I forget. I don't take care of myself because I'm mourning the loss of my dead father. Wow. Worked that in. Okay, but back to absolutely not. It's actually quite difficult to get a body to a different state. I mean, there's all sorts of things. Listen, I have a friend of a friend, okay? I, I can't go into much detail, but they had a sick child, okay? And their doctor said, listen, if for any reason this baby passes somewhere else, you just put it back on the plane and you act like nothing. You act like that baby's with you, okay? Dead ass serious. And I'm not saying that to be morbid, but they said, because it's too fucking complicated to get that body back. So I see why your friends and your coworkers or whomever these people were did this. You know, they just said, throw grandma on the back of the U-Haul and people think we're just bringing, you know, an extra sofa bed for our accommodations at Christmas. Now, this is also a thing. When Jeff and I were moving up, we had to buy like 10 locks for the back of our moving van. I mean, they don't fuck around. These things get jacked all the time. Can you imagine that criminal? Can you imagine? It's probably some redneck being like, hey, uh, yeah, let's get that one. 
Hell yeah, that's the one we're going to get. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one right there outside of this Holiday Inn Express. And then they open it up, and it's not a fucking sofa that they can then flip on Inst- on Craigslist or whatever. It's fucking grandma. And now they're liable for that crime because they've just technically stolen a dead person. That is a fucking absolutely yes, because that shit is called karma. That is so funny to me. Now, so I know that's also, I think, the plot of one of my favorite movies, Little Miss Sunshine. Steve Carell's in the movie. Tony Collette. Remember, they have to get grandma or grandpa out of the home and then they throw them in the back of the van and they just drive around to get to this like like pageant recital for Steve Carell's daughter and then like grandpa's literally in the back of the van. I'm like 99% sure that is also the plot of that movie. But either way, I believe this story and I think that's karma. That is karma to whomever jacked the U-Haul. Because then what do you do? A, you've just, you have, like if you want to turn in the body, you have to confess, I stole this. So they're fucked either way. That was God. You know, you know what God says? You know what the Bible says? Even though I was reading my Revelation and my Enoch, you know, God says, what eventually happens in the dark will come to the light. You can only get away with bad stuff for so long and then he'll expose it. So you know what these guys did? They have to go, they had to go in, they had to turn themselves in and go, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay all my cards on the table right now. All right. I'm gonna lay my cards on the table right now. I did not know that there was a body back there. We did steal the trailer, in fact. <laughs> I'm just doing Margie's voice because I miss her. I love her so much. Margie McDaniels from Costco. That's fucking funny. That is so funny, brah. That is so funny. Just two ding-dongs, Ren and Stimpy, Thelma and Louise. They're like, yes, we got this U-Haul. It's probably got a sofa bed in the back, maybe some patio furniture we can resell. Side note, I found this woman on TikTok who calls herself a couch flipper. I had no idea what that meant. What she does is she buys couches on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace, picks them up, negotiates a deal, takes them to her house. She has this whole system and a way to clean them and then flips them and sells them for like $800 back on Facebook Marketplace, almost brand new. What a fucking bad bitch entrepreneur. Dude, you can flip anything. You can flip boats, cars, homes, couches, underwear, eating utensils. You know what I mean? I mean, but before we know it, we're going to have crotches that are like inserts. Like if you have a, you know, like you change your socks, you could just keep the same thong on and you just pop in a new little pussy protector. I'm just saying it's called innovation. Thank you, America. (laughs) You're welcome. Wow. I had no idea you could flip couches. This guy, whoever it was that stole this U-Haul was like, yeah, what's up? Maybe we got a little like, you know, lawnmower in the back. Maybe a couple armoires. Like what is always in a U-Haul? The thing you always find in a U-Haul is like two fucking dressers that have been sloshing around the interstate. By the time you get there, they're broken into. The drawers no longer closed. It's like, what are we even doing here anymore? We should have just fucking set this shit on fire in the front yard and then let it go. It's also what they probably should have done with grandma. And that's no disrespect. Had a nice ceremony for her and then swept up the ashes after, you know, burning the body and then just you know, put her in a little vial and got taken her on a flight. Instead of driven her, trying to drive her ass to Montana. You know what I mean? 
because now we really lost her. I would like an update on this. If you could please call back into the hotline and as soon as you start recording your voicemail, say, I have an update, just scream it really loud, then I'll know or DM me, find a way to get in contact with me because I need to know what happened. I mean, fuck, it's probably on Channel 2 Action News. I'm sure I could get on the Googler and find. That is an absolute yes, though. Fuck it. We're going to legally throw grandma on the back of a U-Haul. We're going to just, like, keep her cool outside at a Holiday Inn Express somewhere in, in, you know, Boise. And then she's going to get robbed overnight. And then we're really all going to be in a pickle. And also, thank you for reminding me that my father died two days before Christmas. (laughs) We're all in this together. Let's get to one last voicemail. You know, there's so much about fertility that's a complete mystery. That's where modern fertility's hormone tests come in. Think of your fertility hormones as tiny detectives. They can bring you tons of insight into your egg count, reproductive timeline, even possible outcomes for egg freezing and IVF. Everything you need to know to get proactive about your fertility. I am so glad that I had modern fertility in my life at the beginning of this year. It led me to some cues that made me realize I needed to get on it to freeze my eggs. And I'm so glad that I went through that process. I'm so glad that you've been along on my journey. Here's the thing. This is why modern fertility was created though. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but modern fertility gets you the same info at $159, which is a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash absolutely, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can put those dollars towards modern fertility. You can get insight into your hormone levels, how many eggs you have, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound info about your body can help you make the right decisions for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash absolutely. That means your test will cost 139 instead of several hundred or even thousand plus dollars it could at a doctor's office. Again, get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash absolutely. Again, that's modernfertility.com slash absolutely. Hey, Heather. It's Hannah from Texas. Also a sister in the dad dad club. Something tragic happened to me today. As I was on my way out the door for work, I'm literally walking out the door and then my mother lets an old man into the house. Says, Hannah, meet Tom. Meet Hannah. Now, Tom had the look of pure terror in his eyes when he saw me. And I was fucking confused because I've never heard of Tom. And I, I, you know, I'm really close with my mom, just like how you and Robin are. Like my mom's my best friend. I know every single one of that bitch's friends. And I've never heard of Tom. So basically, that's how I found out that my mom is dating again after my dad passed away. Now we're coming up on five years. Christmas was a really big part of dad. And so to find this out around Christmas is fucking devastating. And I'm just absolutely fucking furious with her, to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm sorry if I'm cussing. That's not a lot. Who gives a fucking shit? Okay. I'm serious. I'm purely spiraling right now for the fact that my mother has been hiding this from me for over a month. And I know that because, you know, her iPad was going ding, ding, ding. She's out of town. She's in Orlando without me. <sighs> I'm unwell. 
I need help, Heather. I, you know, I know that Robin's been dating. How'd you cope with that? Also, my mom is a cute 65-year-old, and this Tom guy is my dad's age. Now, my dad was older. This Tom guy is like 77. My dad would have been about the same age if he were still alive. But Tom looks fucking decrepit. Okay. Why? Like, mom, you could do so much better. Hannah, wow. Thank you for sharing this voicemail. Okay. This could not come at a more perfect time. All right. I was just telling you it's about to, you know, Christmas is hard. And listen, I want this to be a joyful episode, but this is also a real, you know, sometimes the holidays, we just need to take a moment, pause, thank God for what we have, but also it's okay to have a real moment. It's okay to have a real moment and a reflection when you feel like you've been going and going and you finally have a chance to stop and you're like, what the fuck is happening around me? Hannah, I'm feeling you. I'm feeling for you, girlfriend. I love you. I cannot believe this. Your mom was dirty dog. She's slipping a guy in the back door while you're leaving through the front. Now, listen, our moms deserve to get horned up. You know, they deserve a physical attention, love, but the options for them are so disgusting. Now, meanwhile, I'm sure you had a great relationship with your dad, but I think about like if my dad were alive and my mom wasn't here, the kind of young biddies that would be coming after him and what a fucking disgusting, what a, like a double standard it is, right? Now, my dad was a great man and he was madly in love with my mother who was 11 years his senior. So I know like that my dad would still be wailing in the streets. But if a young like hussy came up and I don't know, tried to tickle his taint, I'm not going to blame him because I know that's how men think. But meanwhile, our moms are stuck with these fucking loser old geezers. And I'm not trying to be mean to somebody who has an older father. Okay, this is this man could very well be someone's father. And I'm sure he's a lovely guy. But why is it that these women take care of themselves and look fucking snatched at 75? Yet I'm sorry. My mom's only option is some guy named Clark from the club who literally is missing a limb. And that's no hate, no shade to anybody who is, you know, handicapable or, you know, maybe missing a toe or something. I'm not trying to also make you feel insecure. I'm just letting you know those are our only options. They're like, yeah, Clark lost his leg to diabetes because he just never took care of himself. What? That's it? That's the only thing left in the dating pool? Is a man who literally lost his leg because he just loved cookies? And by Clark, I mean Santa Claus. (laughs) By Clark, I mean my mom is actually fucking Santa Claus. No, she's not with anybody right now. But when I take her up to the club, that is our only option. And people keep trying to set her up with people at our country club. And I'm like, I've known all of these people. If my dad played golf with you, it's a no. Because he would come home from the club and sit and tell me, talk shit to me. And we'd smoke weed and laugh our asses off about how miserable 90% of these people were because my dad was the shit. It's funny now even too having to like deal with some neighbors and shit. I'm like, I already know everything about you, sir. You know what I mean? That kind of shit. Like, I already know. Some of these old guys will come up, introduce themselves. Hey, Mike, I live in the front of the neighborhood. Your dad was great. He was great. He did not like you, Mike. You know what I mean? You were that petty bitch about, you, you're bitching about everybody's petunias. Nobody gives a shit. Dude, we've been smoking weed at our house. No one cares. Good to see you, though. 
hey, is your mom single? Mike, get back. I got a switchblade in my my YSL bag. I'll take you out at the Achilles. Uh, Hannah, I'm feeling for you. I don't know what to tell you because you're in a hard situation. You want your mom to date again. You want your mom to feel empowered and to feel romantical again, but it's too soon for you. And it's, and this guy's not spruce enough. You know, I want my mom with the Robert Redford. I want my mom with the, I don't know, Andy Garcia. I love Andy Garcia. If Andy Garcia could be my stepdad, it'd be great, but he has a beautiful marriage and he has a beautiful family. I didn't realize he wasn't single, you know? <sighs> I love my mom with like a Josh Brolin or he's the son, whatever the dad is, but he's married to Barbara Streisand. You know what I'm saying? It's hard. And the options for our mothers are so terrible. But then on the flip side, I also hear it. I also see some of my friends whose dads are dating and the, the, the girlfriends are fucking terrible. It's never going to be the same because it won't be your dad. You, j- Hannah, I just, I hear you. I feel you. I'm trying to justify it, but it will never feel the same because nobody could ever replace your dad. But you do, if this guy has like a bad tooth, if he's maybe suckling on your mom's teeth for the insurance because he too needs a, a foot replacement or something, that is not, you just need to sit down be like, mom, I want you to share your location. Safety first. I need to know this guy, how much money he has. Does he have a retirement plan? Has dad ever played golf with him? Did he like him? Did he ever know him? Where did you meet him? Where was your first date? And if she says, he took me to an Applebee's, then you go over and you burn his house down. I've already said this once and I'll say it again. We're not doing that. And I'm not trying to be rude to maybe an older man who doesn't have a lot in his retirement fund, but your mom doesn't need a charity case. What your mom needs is to be dicked down by a man named Roger who that she maybe meets in a sky club somewhere while she's jet-setting to Paris. That is a plan I have for your mother, Hannah. And the same for mine. And my mom keeps saying that she sees... You know, she's dabbling on the bumbles and all this shit. She sees herself with an international man. I said, Mom, we have a lot of traveling to do. I'm taking you to Ireland next year. I want to, obviously, we're going to Italy for the wedding. I want to take her to Greece, maybe hit a Portugal moment. I said, if you think that and you feel that in your, your deep soul, I will make that opportunity happen. So Hannah, maybe you, you know, Hannah Montana, your mom, grab her, lock her up, take her somewhere exotic and say, let's find you a new puppy. I'm sure this is a nice guy, but I hear you when you see an old, fragile man and you're like, your father was a warrior. What's happening? What is happening? But Hannah, I'm telling you, I thought for a while that I should start a dating service. I should start a dating service that helps elderly men. Okay? I mean, elderly women. Well, no, it would actually help elderly men. We'd help them get themselves together. Because the standards of what women have to to do hold themselves up to in order to date even a man with a club foot is unbelievable. And Hannah, and for anybody else who's listening to this through Christmas, I want you to know I love you. I hear you. I feel you. On those days, I'm holding you tight. And you have to giggle and you have to keep moving forward and take those memories that you have with that wonderful, beautiful person in your life and, and honor them. But just know that I am as unhinged as you are over the holiday season. I don't do well. I am stressed the fuck out. I am like, I am on roller skates, roller blades on an escalator. That is how my emotional stability feels. 
can't stop, won't stop, don't know how to get off the escalator. I'm so good with analogies. It's actually painful. I want to leave this one short and sweet only simply because I know it's the holidays and you guys are going to be bebopping around. You're doing your last minute shopping. You're yelling at your cousins. You're, you know, bitching at your stepmom, Tammy. But I want you to know I am so grateful for each and every one of you. And I'm here for you. And we got to think of some cool ways to come together in the new year. I think I want to start doing some live shows, particularly with the podcast. And if there's anybody you want me to bring on the podcast, absolutely not podcast next year, please slide my DMs. Let me know your thoughts. We're building the studio. We really have some exciting stuff coming in the new year. And I'm going to do a lot of planning over Christmas break. And I'm just going to sit with the ashes of my dead father. And I'm going to look at it and go rub that the side of that urn and go, dear Jeannie, you know, dear dad, what is the vision? What's going to stick? How do I make this happen? Because it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, even though day to day it feels like a sprint. But we've got this. We're in this together. And please, somebody, for the love of God, let me know if they found dead grandma on the back of a U-Haul. I'm really concerned about her. I love each and every one of you. Please call in over the break. Call into the hotline, 800-213-7503. I need to hear about your Christmases. I need to hear about your New Year's. I want to know what happened, what was unhinged, how many people in your family fought, got divorced, you know, maybe ended up in jail. I need to know about your absolutely not holidays because I know we are all in the same boat. It's like being on an escalator, wearing rollerblades, but we got this. It's smooth sailing once we get to the top. Love you, mean it. See you next time on the Absolutely Not Podcast. Arrivederci, ciao, Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon.